Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. We need to circle means around, and speckly means see. To see around. I mean, your life is a fishbowl, and everyone is watching you. All the things that happen to you, people are looking at you and saying, well, wow, you know, they just lost their parents in a car crash. And yeah, they're grieving, but they're not completely consumed and wiped out. And you know, their job dried up, and they were let go, they were laid off, but you know, they're, they're still, they're, they're not washed up. They're not like crying and, and uh, you know, and losing hope and getting despondent, people are watching. As a Christian, do you know that you are being watched by others? Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. We have learned so far that this first epistle of Peter's was written to the new Christian Jews that went out into the world to spread the good news. He tells them that there will be troubles in war against your souls. However, if they conduct themselves honorably, they will be good examples of godly living in this corrupt world. Remember, for those that are followers of Jesus Christ today, we are a new creation and are being watched by others. Paul tells us that we are to walk as little children of light. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. One loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. He abides forever. So it behooves us to know the difference between truth and error. 1 John chapter 4 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children. Notice that. He's speaking to believers. You are, you are of God, and you've overcome them. Remember that. Read Revelation 19, verse 11, to the end, three times tonight before you go to bed. Right? Glass of water and that scripture, okay? You are of, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. They are, they are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. There's a different drum beating, and, and people are listening to the devil's beating of his drum. It's like the Pied Piper. They're listening. And we were there too. We were along marching behind him as he was leading us right to the pit. And somewhere along the line, God got, us, got our attention. 
They are of the world, they speak of the world, and the world hears them. But we are of God, and he who knows God hears us. And he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The enemy has a strategy. That's what our word war means in this verse, in verse 11. That war against the soul. He's strategizing. And I don't want to freak you out here because I know that we're kind of leaning heavily on this. But I want to hopefully encourage you to, to understand that there is a battle. And you, you do know that there is a battle. But you have to remember this. Do you remember in the movie the Jurassic Park, the velociraptors, if you remember... Uh, were testing, they had this big fence around this compound, and the velociraptors, these little quick animals that could just, really nasty creatures, but they were testing the fences because they were all electrified. It was all electronic and electrified, and they were testing the fences trying to find the one place where there might be an outage, and they would test a certain spot that was a little weak, and they'd keep hitting it, they'd keep hitting it, and that's the way the devil is. He's He's got a strategy. He's very intelligent. He knows you, because he's been around for a very long time, he knows your family. He knows the propensities that you have. He knows the lust that you entertain. And he knows when to pull that switch. And God allows him sometimes to chasten you, to grow you. It's called the mystery of, 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 of the mystery of iniquity. Why God allows it, I, you know, it, but he does it because of his love. And we have, to, we have training wheels. We need to be trained in this, right? And so sometimes these things happen. You know, think about David when in 1 Samuel chapter 11 and 12, David, this great king, you know, he goes out and he's supposed to be going into battle. It's the time of the year when kings would go out to battle, but instead he stays behind. And he's there and he's outside of his, on a nice night, and he's going around and he's at the top of his palace and he's looking around and he sees a, house next to him, and he's like, hmm, Bathsheba, that's Uriah's husband. Uriah is out in the field in the battle, engaged in the battle, and for some reason, why is she out there bathing when she knows the king is not out there? You know, <laughs> and then he sees her, and you remember what happens. They fall into uh, adultery, and then in order to cover it up, he murders, David murders her husband. Do you think the devil hadn't set that up? Do you think that the devil for a long time was going, David, you're a warrior and you're a great musician, you know, and you've got this thing, and I know it. Nobody else can see it, but I know it because I've seen you. And the devil orchestrates things, and God says, I'll allow that to a point, to a point. And you remember what happened to David and how that just ruined his life. And yet he was restored, wasn't he? God forgave him. The sword didn't depart from his house. He lost his, his son, you know, Amnon. He lost his son, Absalom. His, one of his daughters, Tamar, was raped by one of his sons. David was never quite the same after that. But he loved God, and God forgave him. God cast that stuff behind him, but the consequences were still going forward. We have to remember that. God will forgive your sin if you mess up, but sometimes the consequences, they still, they, there's, a, there's a lifespan to those things. And they have to be meted out. But do you think the devil knew what David was up to? Perhaps the devil was whispering in his ear, you know, David, you've been through many wars and you have been uh, greatly victorious. You know, kick back. Kick back. You know, you deserve, let the young guys get at it. You deserve a break today. You deserve a break today, but a moment of pleasure. 
cost David so much? Was it worth it? He would go back and say, you know what, if I could do it all over again, I would have never have woken up that day. I would have just stayed in bed and, you know, watched America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> right. He would have just stayed home. Because what does it say in Proverbs 4? Keep your heart with all diligence. And this is our warfare. This is our warfare. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring forth the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Remove it from evil. You know, it's funny. Sometimes the things that we protect the most are the things that we are the most careless about. And we already looked at Job and, uh, and how the devil was just, um, you know, had his sights out on him. But the Lord has his, or, or the devil has his sights on you too. Don't focus on him too much, but uh, uh, actually, hopefully not at all. But we have to remember in First Peter chapter 5, it says this, that he says, Be sober because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother and your brotherhood in the world. And so we need to consider these things. But again, always remember 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Never forget that. Because sometimes, you know, the enemy's roar can scare us to death, right? He is all about the big show. He's all about the big fireworks display, right? He knows how to get your attention. He knows how to scare you to death. It'd be good for us to be able to stand our ground, and no matter what happens, we become the most unflappable people and not let the enemy just pull at our strings and make us feel like some kind of puppet that he is, he's got the strings attached to. Don't let him do it. Resist him. And know that God is in no hurry. God is at work. You can rest in him. You don't need to be afraid. Verse 12, it says, Have your, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Notice these, these Christian Jews, as they go out, as they are dispersed, as what this epistle is all about, he says, Have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, you Christian Jews. And Christians, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And he's speaking of Jews here, of course. You know, because as the Jews were being dispersed throughout the Roman Empire and throughout the known world, the, the Gentiles were watching them, these born again Jewish believers, the, the first members of the church. They were looking, watching for them. In Ephesians 5, verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The idea of walking circumspectly is something that we need to do. We need to, circum means around, and speckly means see. To see around, I mean, your life is a fishbowl, and everyone is watching you. All the things that happen to you, people are looking at you and saying, well, wow, you know, they just lost their parents in a car crash, and yeah, they're grieving, but they're not completely consumed and wiped out. And, you know, their job dried up, and they were let go, they were laid off, but, you know, they're, they're still, they're, they're not washed up. They're not, like, 
crying and and uh, you know and losing hope and getting despondent people are watching circumspectly remember that you are living in a fish bowl you are the fish in the bowl and everyone is watching you and that brings a gravity it brings a it brings a seriousness to my walk then doesn't it because i realize that it's not just about me people are watching how is this christian going to hold up under this how is this Christian going to deal with this? And they watch our lives. And I tell you, sometimes those can be the greatest witnesses. They look at you and they're like, couldn't do it. Where is your strength coming from? Funny you should ask. <laughs> you know. And then you tell them about Jesus. In Colossians, Paul again says, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. In other words, outside the family of God. Redeeming the time. And let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how, to, how you ought to answer each one. That's the, the desire, is to, to be able to have an answer for everyone who is inquiring about you. In John chapter 15, Jesus even said this, you know, this, this idea of our, of our witness. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, in the original language here, it says he takes away, but it literally means lifting up. He lifts it up. Over in Israel, I remember seeing, as we were walking through the fields sometimes, and on the Sea of Galilee there, you'd see a, a vine or a vineyard, and some of the vines will be, you know, the, 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 the vine dresser didn't get to it quick enough, but there's a vine that's down in the mud, and it's kind of covered in a pool of water. And that vine is going to rot. It's going to rot right on the vine, and everything after that's going to be affected, right? All the grapes after that little piece right there is going to be affected because that piece is in jeopardy. And so what Jesus is saying here is I lift that vine up. I stick a brick or a rock underneath it. It, it dries out. It gets sun. It gets nutrients like the rest of the branch. Everything is fine now. Now the thing can continue to flourish. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. You prune a tree so that they're more... You, you prune the dead branches so that the other branches can receive more of the nutrients that are coming through the vine, right? And so that's what he's saying. He says, you are already cleansed. He says, abide in me. Verse 4, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. If you think you can do this life apart from Christ, you are sorely mistaken. And you will find in your own uh, life, you, you're going you're gonna to see it. You're going to experience the, the mess that you can create. And, you know, I was aware of that. When I was 24 years old, I gave my heart to Christ because I was very much aware of what a mess I had made my life. So I want to abide in Jesus where there's real fruit, where there's real life, where there's real sustenance. And that's what you need to do as well. And if you already know him, get in closer. Don't settle for anything less. There are lots of opportunities. The devil has a smorgasbord all laid out for you. Well, you can do this. You can do that. Oh, look at that. That's shiny. Oh, that's nice. You've got to... You've got to take a look at that. You've got to buy that right now. Yeah, I know the mortgage is really hefty, but, you know, you need to do this right now. And all oh, that fancy, you know, um, that Ford F-250, you know, lariat with all the bells and whistles. You need that because you've got to carry that camper behind it. And the camper, you know, you need to buy a new camper, too, because the other one, you see that one on the street? It's got the big, it's a fifth wheel. It's got that big thing. Boy, the wings come out and it flies. The devil offers all those things, and he's saying, you know, and God is saying, you know what? 
I love you, and I want, I want to abide in you. I want to satisfy your soul. Let God satisfy your soul. No longer be so consumed by the things of this world. It's getting better for me. Is it for you? Are, are you growing in the sense that as you see these things, you're just like, yeah, that'd be nice, but you know what? I'll pass. <laughs> it is. They're nice. I mean, to have the, the, the lariat and the fancy fifth wheel would be really great. Drive out to Yellowstone. That'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? But I don't need it. I don't need it. God has a better plan. Abide in me, and my words, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you, according to his will, of course. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. That's God's plan. He wants you to bear fruit. So how is your witness? You know, we talked about this warfare, this warfare that we're in. But also in verse 12 here, he says, you know, uh, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. He's speaking to Jews as they interact with, with Gentiles. But how is our witness? In Psalm 1, it's speaking of the righteous man. It says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Are you planted by the rivers of water? Water is a symbolic of the word of God. Are you... Are you dipping your branches in the water and just allowing yourself to be to take up the nutrients that that water gives you, the life that it gives you, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf, that speaks of the witness. The leaves, the leaves on a branch of a tree are the fruit of that branch. That's what's seen by the world. Everyone is looking at you and they're looking for fruit. How is the fruit? Are you growing fruit? How big is the fruit? Are your branches laden because there's so much fruit? That's good. But if you've only got one little branch sticking out, that's good. Keep going. <laughs> Don't be discouraged, but keep going. God's not going to discourage you, and you shouldn't be discouraged. But draw closer. Draw closer. Abide more. Get your heart into the Word of God. Give your heart to Him completely. Don't let, settle for anything else. You can't settle for anything else. You mustn't settle for anything else. Be encouraged brothers and sisters. Honestly, you know, we've got a great heritage. Think about what God has done. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While I was still in my sin, Jesus loved me perfectly. He gave himself. Is there really anybody like that in the world, in the universe, who loves you like that? Knowing all that he is, he knows everything, right? He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's all places at once. The devil is none of those. But God is with you all the time. That's why his name is Emmanuel, God with us. So when you're in that difficult spot this week and you're thinking to yourself, boy, God seems like a million miles away, only in your own heart and your own mind is that true. But the reality is you are in his presence. The presence of God is always available to you. So you have to understand that that's the truth, and say, God, I know, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of anything around me, Lord, I know you're with me, and you'll be with me, and you're not going to forsake me, even to the end of the age. Let God love on you. And you know, we talk pretty heavily about this, this, this battle that we're in, and we're going we're gonna to close for today. We, we only got about halfway through <laughs> um, what I wanted to do today, what I believe the Lord wanted us to do. But the thing is, is, even though that's true, be sober. Be sober-minded. Don't be afraid. 
Perfect love casts out all fear. And the perfect love of God is the only one who can give you that sense of wholeness, that sense of peace in your heart when things are going crazy. You know, when you read the news, and, and, and I would encourage you, honestly, I would implore you, you know, just like the word, I beg you, <laughs> consider this. Consider just unplugging. As much as you have the grace to unplug, unplug it. You'll be the better off for it. Your, your, your whole attitude is going to change. Let me tell you, that stuff, I don't believe, I'm just going to go off on a rant here for a minute. Um, I believe that uh, we weren't designed to take in the kind of stuff that we're taking in through these devices. They're great. They're great tools. I use them all the time. But I have to know, they have to be put in their proper place in my life. And you need to put that in proper place in your life because your kids are watching you. They're seeing us on these things so much. What are they going to do? They're going to do the same thing. But does it really help you to be informed? We can be informed to the teeth, and all it's going to do is rob us of peace. Honestly, that's all I have found. I, I've maybe had some things to talk about while I'm getting my hair cut to the hair salon. Hey, did you read the news about, you know, blah, blah, blah. I may, ha- I may be able to uh, converse a little more with people that I work with. But really, at, at what cost? There's a cost. And it's detriment to your soul. Do you, do you know that to be true? I do. For me, it is. I don't see, I see very little that's good in those things. Very little that's good. And the times that I have withdrew myself and turned off the phone, instead of being like I was, you know, and, and looking at certain, uh, you know, news sites and stuff like that, I just, I'm st- starting to fade it away, fade it away. And you know what? I'm much better for it. My heart is better. My attitude is better because when I'm not doing that, guess what I'm doing? I'm in here. I'm praying. I'm being in the Word. And that's going to transform me. Isn't that what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12? Be renewed by the, you know, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, right? Be renewed. Be renewed. Let's stand together. Oh. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are the great king and that, Lord, you have all things in the palm of your hand and that we no longer need to fear because we are a child of God. And, Lord, we do pray for this week, Lord, as we enter into it, this, this first day of the week as we begin, Lord, would you go before us and help us to, to see things and to understand things, Lord, before they even happen. Lord, prepare our hearts. Only you can do this. Lord, you know what's coming next. We don't know what's coming next, but, God, you do know what's coming next. And we pray, Lord, that you would prepare us, Lord, that you'd shore us up, that, you'd, uh, that we'd be, as my brother Richard would say, uh, pre-prayed, we'd be prepared going into everything in life. God, and that nothing would shake us, nothing would surprise us. And that, Lord, we would trust you. And, Lord, we pray that the fruit of the Spirit of God in our lives would, would come forth and it would just bear much fruit, Lord. Would you please do that work in each of us, Lord, that, Lord, your Spirit would take over everything and produce the sweet things that people can see and they can taste of and they can partake of. And Lord, help us to be those trees that are just laden with fruit, real good fruit. Please do that in us today, Lord. We thank you so much for your love and for your grace. Be with us. Wash us. And may we respond to you and worship. And the things that we say, the things that we think, the things that we do, Lord, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name.
Everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.